0: Are you ready to live your best life? Be stronger and fall in love with yourself? It's possible and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jodi Harrison Bauer. Jodi used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jodi will help you to live
1: your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison-Bauer. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison-Bauer, and I am so happy to have you join me once again. Everybody from all over the world, I am just thrilled that you are listening and hopefully sharing it with everybody that you know, because the show is about educating you, empowering you, and inspiring you so you can live your most fearlessly authentic life not always the easiest thing in the world to do, but I try to help you every single week, along with my guests. And my guest this week is so inspiring. Uh, I just can't wait to share her with you because you will be blown away by her experiences and what she is doing to help women love themselves again. And we're gonna get right into it in a few minutes, but before we do, I wanted to share with you um, something that is fairly new to me. I decided after I turned 60 back in December that I was going to try a more plant-based avenue with food and get rid of some of the animal-based foods in my diet. And I decided to try Saqqara because I know that they have nutritious and delicious meals that they deliver to your home. And so I have been on a journey with them for about six months now, and it has totally changed the way I feel in my body and the way I look at plant-based foods. So I'd love to share a 20% off code with you so you can try their meals and get it delivered to your home. The name of the company is Sakara, that's S-A-K-A-R-A, and use my code Jodi to receive 20% off your first purchase. They have a lot of other products as well. But this is where I started, and you could try the other products as well. So again, it's sakara.com, S-A-K-A-R-A.com, and use my code XOJODY to save 20%. So try it, and let it change your life, and let me know how you feel on it. So here we go. My beautiful guest, Lindsay Ray. Welcome to the show. Hi,
2: Jody. Thanks for having me on. So
1: fun to be here. Oh, thank you. I know you are a busy, busy woman. And um, I just, like I said at the beginning of the show, I am just so excited to share you with everybody. So let me give you the lowdown on Lindsay. She is the owner of Self Love Experience. She is an award-winning inspirational speaker. We need to share your video with everybody too. So by the end of the show, we'll share that link with them. She is an empowerment photographer, and she is a body image activist. And all of this means that she is on a mission to help women change the way they feel in their body about themselves, to get rid of the shame, get rid of the negative, talk to themselves. And I want to start with how this journey began for you.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think that my story is so similar to so many women and not even just women but really men too because we've only just entered a, a time where all bodies are finally being accepted. So when I was growing up, I came from a household of bodybuilders. My dad was a competitive bodybuilder. Now my sister's a competitive bodybuilder. My brother is. My mom did, and I I'm not. I you know I have injuries. I have a hormonal imbalance, and so for me, losing weight and gaining weight have always been something that I've struggled with. Um, And because of that, I was always brought up like, oh, you'd be so much beautiful if you could lose weight or you'd be so much prettier. You know, like, like, look at how pretty your sister is. Like, imagine, look at how, and like, you have even bigger eyes. Like, imagine what you would look like that thin with like your lips and and those cheekbones. And it was like a constant comparison game between me and every other woman on the street. Me and my sister, my dad would stop and point out, you see her legs. And it got to the point where it, it almost became really like uncomfortable in the way that he would point out other women's bodies. So I made it my mission. I ran away at 19. I, I had graduated high school. I packed up two suitcases, got on an airplane to New York city with $1,800 and a hope and a dream. And just, I, I never, you know, I wouldn't say I never looked back. I did go home once for six months. Um, and that was when I was 19, 20 years old. And then, you know, after that, I never looked back. I've been in New York ever since. And, I started by wanting to be Tracy Turnblad and Hairspray on Broadway and, you know, the plus-size superstar that sings and dances myself, and I got really close. I got two callbacks for it and didn't get it, but what that experience taught me was that you can have rejection happen and not lose value in yourself, and that was the beginning of my own journey towards self-acceptance. And it would be another 10 or 15 years before I would get there, I, you know, attempted suicide more than once um and and was lucky I do consider myself a survivor because if my phone didn't ring when it did I might not be here to share this story with you today so so much of my journey has been finding my own sense of self-worth and finding my own sense of value in a world that's constantly telling me that I'm not good enough because I don't fit the ideal standard of a barbie doll
1: you know so so, you're right. so many, so many women can relate to that story no matter what size they are. Mm-hmm. And self-worth, I loved what you said, even though you had two callbacks for the um, the role that you still had your self-worth. And I think exactly. that's very, very important because so many of us allow the judgment of others to affect our self-worth, myself included, uh, my whole life, you know, yes. and I'm, I've never been a plus size. I've never had a weight problem, but there are other things that I've been insecure about and other things that I've allowed judgment and shame to affect my self-worth, you know, and it's, it can be a struggle every day, you know, it's, it's up and down. And mm-hmm. that's why I love what you're doing and you're being so vocal about it.
2: Yeah, thank you. We had a chance to have a really great phone chat. I think it was a couple of weeks ago now. And one of my favorite things that we talked about when when you and I were having that chat was about how literally like you said every woman struggles in a different way. My slender clients wish that they were curvier because curves are associated with femininity. My fitness clients beat themselves up 100 times more than any one of my, any other type we of do. because they have a deep association with Every muscle should, quote unquote, supposedly look like according to what they want in their head, their muscle to look like. So my fitness clients are actually the hardest on themselves. And it's not because they're trying to have some unimaginable standard, but it's because they have goals and their body is their form of art it's my job to kind of remind them that like yes that you have to accept yourself at every stage in this fitness journey and you have to forgive your muscles when they don't meet where you want them to go depending on the work you do and at the same time if your muscles get there and they get there and they keep going it does not make you less of a woman for having muscles in fact i dare to say it makes you more of a woman because we are as strong as it gets we literally bring life into this earth that is strength so.
1: oh i i remind- my daughters all the time, they're 28 and 32. And whenever they give me a fresh mouth, which isn't very often because they're mature (laughs) now, but I remind them, Hey, listen, I carried you around for nine months. You be nice. You know, remember that because if you ever have your own, you will remember that. Um, and, and going back to the fitness, I, I did not know that you grew up in such a fitness family. Yeah. Oh shit!
2: Wow. Oh yeah, I took, I took martial arts for thirteen years. I have a black belt. I was a dancer, but I've always like oh, dog, dog. didn't save a puppy, and We have, lot, we have lots of dogs that come onto the show. expensive acrylic table right now. Come <laughs> a little nut. Come sit over here. Um, but yeah, you know, it was always that way. I was always very active. I was dancing. I was, you know booked lead dance roles as a heavier girl. And I've, I've always been very active until I had my car accidents, but my body just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And so dad would put me on diet after diet. Here's your 12 almonds and your diet Coke and your roll of Turkey with this much mustard on it, because right. as more calories. And it was like, a like every day it was a different type of diet. It was like, well, today we're going to try to eat an entire watermelon and then like two chickpeas. Or like it was just like ridiculous. It was my entire life of like him trying to make me into something that my body wouldn't allow me to be because there was hormonal and medical imbalances that that still to this day, no matter how much testing I've done, we haven't gotten to the root of it. So I'm seeing different endos now and, you know, a neurologist now just trying to get to the root of why this weight gain is there, because here's the thing, we're not often looking... At someone and wondering why they gained weight. We look at someone and we say, you gained weight because you're lazy. You are fat because you are a lazy, no good person who doesn't put any effort into themselves. But why aren't we looking at the root cause of weight gain? Because it's not always eating bad. I eat relatively healthy. I have avocado toast for breakfast. You know, I eat grilled chicken with mashed potatoes, which aren't the best, but not the worst and broccoli for dinner half the time. Like, you know, I- fingers once in a while, but like my body still, even though I dance and run around and you know, just doesn't doesn't do that. So I've had to forgive myself. And that's which is
1: forgiveness. It it is because You know, I grew up with a sister who was always battling her weight and there were hormone imbalances and she does have the health issues as a result now. And I think that's a great point that you bring up, Lindsay, that we should be looking at people as a trainer. I, you know, I've been training women for 30 years. So I know Mm -hmm. that if, if they're following my plan and it's not working for them and they're really following it, then we need to look deeper. And I always say that at the beginning, that this is the plan but everything's gonna be tailor-made for you. Beside that point, mm-hmm. there could be a medical issue. Mm-hmm. And I think again, women need to hear that, that if you're yep. doing everything that you can, like you said, growing up in that family, having a dad who was doing mm-hmm. all of this stuff, or, or, or a girl or a woman, you know, whether they're your age or my age or younger or older that are struggling, but are still doing everything that they can, then it's time to seek medical help. Because we don't think about so many women just keep blaming themselves and beating themselves up. And then what happens is they go down a darker and darker hole and it gets harder and harder for them to climb out and it breaks my heart.
2: You know, when we talk about hormones, there's just such a glaring, obvious sign to me that nobody's talking about it and I don't understand why. There is so much more hormones in the food that we are consuming and that my child is consuming than what we consumed when we were younger. Growth hormones, hormones for mass production. And we're wondering why these growth hormones that are specifically designed to make these animals grow quicker, faster, bigger, stronger, like bigger. No, our food is killing us why are, why is it any different when we're consuming this? Right. I think that's part of why I think you, you went plant-based and my, my ex-husband was a man who ate nothing, but chicken parm and chicken fingers and Oreos for, you know, the 10 years. Oh. And we split up and he went vegan and I couldn't wrap my head around it, but the more that I dig into my own hormonal issues and trying to figure out what's going on, the more I realize that like I have to be really careful about what I consume, especially when it comes to things like dairy and meat, because I want to make sure that I'm not taking in extra hormones that could have a negative implication on my own hormonal imbalance. So when we're looking at ourselves and we're looking at our weight, it's not about just saying, oh, I'm fat, I'm okay with it. Like I am okay in my fat body, and I don't think there's anything wrong with the word fat. You know, It's a part of the human body. We literally label it on cereal boxes like it's not a big deal. It becomes a big deal when we start to blame people for their bodies not being able to meet someone else's standard. My body is never going to meet my dad's.
1: Let's let's go into that. Let's go into that because one of the things that you talk about in your um, in all the information because I've just been loving I when you came on camera today I was like, I know your voice already. I know everything, like, <laughs> I just know you so well now and I'm I'm thrilled and honored that you're here today. That what, what do you do to, when these women come to you, how do you help to build up their self-worth when they're feeling so uncomfortable or maybe their husband or their dad or a girlfriend or somebody in their life has made them feel ashamed of not having curves or too many curves mm-hmm. Or having five extra pounds on them, like I can speak for myself as a fitness competitor, you know, that craziness in our heads. How do you how do you talk to them about feeling okay, like embracing who they are?
2: I love that. I actually got asked the same question this morning. I was lucky oh. to go on um, Good Morning Washington for ABC, which is really cool to get this kind that's of amazing in the U.S. Capitol too, because that's where decisions are made. And so- yes. This and and I and I just want to say the same answer again because it really is what I believe. And that is because when a client walks in the door, they know that they're entering a judgment free zone. As a woman in America, it is almost impossible to walk in a room and not be judged unless you're the only person in the room. And you're probably the worst person judging you. So what I do is I give them a place where they can walk in and know that they are accepted fully for who they are. I tell them they don't have to think anymore. They are not gonna know what I'm seeing through that camera. So it's not their responsibility. It's a teeny tiny viewfinder less than an inch big and I'm the only one that's looking through it. So it's my job to tell you, what looks good and what doesn't. When people say that the camera adds 10 pounds, I say BS. It's the photographer who doesn't know what they're doing because what cameras do is it's light and it's it's uh, glass and glass warps and light warps. So understanding that and knowing and having the mastery of that warp and of that light shaping, um, I'm able to use the, the camera and the tools the way that they're meant to be used which is one of the great things about the selfie generation, but also the horrible thing is that we always take these awesome pictures of ourselves because we understand the manipulation of the camera and the manipulation of the angle. But when somebody else takes our picture, they don't, they're not looking and they're not doing that, which is why I always, everyone always asks me that. I'm like the selfie friend in the room. If we're going to take a group picture, I'm the one taking it. Cause I understand that there's manipulation. And can we
1: stop right there for a second? Okay. So that is the reason why if I'm with a bunch of girls, if the, say the waiter says, ladies, would you like us to take your picture? I know it's going to come out horrible. Like, I just mm-hmm. know it's going to come out horrible. And I just smile and whatever. I'm like, let's take a selfie. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not just for me. It's just I know the angle for, that's going to work for all of us. You know, mm-hmm. a, that's the reason. It why is. I and like to forced, take a selfie. It's forced
2: perspectives. And so I always tell everyone, I'm like, you can just go a little bit higher up. I always say. <laughs> You're so cute. give you one selfie tip. It's to put the camera aim the camera between your eyes and then lift it up to right above your eyebrows. And if that's the angle that you want pointing down on your face, you don't wanna be above your face at your hairline. You don't wanna be on your forehead. You wanna be maybe about a quarter of an inch above your eyebrow with the camera focused there, about a foot from your face tilted just slightly in great
1: advice because what
2: we're doing is we're just deciding what the camera sees. And, you know, I don't know how much of this is going to be seen on on video um, and talk about it here. When my head is down, my chin is going to show because that's the angle of it. Same thing when it's up. But if I'm pushing my head forward and down, I'm controlling the way that the camera is seeing my face. And the reason why I think that photography is such a big tool for women's empowerment is because it literally changes the lens and the focus in which you choose to look at yourself. I love so that. fresh marks are there. My scars on my forehead are still there. You know, my belly apron from having my child is still there, but I have done the work and have taken so many pictures of myself that I know that I love my smile and my lips and my cheekbones, and my eyes. And so, you know, what? I'm not going to look at these four or five scars that are sitting on my chin or this big ass pimple that's trying to like pop out <laughs> because instead I can shift the focus. And what shifting focus doesn't mean is that, Those parts of you that you don't love will always exist. It's just whether you choose to make them the focus of your attention or not. That's the work that I do is helping women shift that focus.
1: So how do you do that? What's the talk? Because you must be talking to them the whole way. And from a woman who's had many, 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 many photo shoots. um, I'm always very shy at the very beginning until I feel it's usually the last part of the photo shoot that are the best pictures because Mm -hmm. I reach a level of, um, where I'm not judging myself anymore. I feel more yeah. confident. And so what are you saying to them the first time they come out and say a boudoir outfit? Because that's what you that's you, know, what you focus I, on, right? Yeah. I don't
2: actually it for me, it's not it's not a fluffy thing. I yeah. And and I am immediately giving you so much direction that you don't have time to think. I love that. Where to put each finger? Where to put your elbows? Where to put your chin? Where to put your nose? Where to put each individual toe? How to breathe? How to where your eyelashes need to be? So there's no time for you to judge yourself. All that adrenaline that you were building up, and all of those nerves that you had sitting in the makeup chair for those two hours, when you come into a judgment free zone where we're just hitting the payment running. There isn't any time to think. So you get to be present and the ability to be present in a judgment-free zone is all the power that it takes. What the pictures are is a reminder of the way that you felt when you were in that place of power and in that place of looking at yourself with no judgment. And the moment that it shifts for my client is just the simple turning around the camera and with at least seven, I'd say even eight out of 10 clients will say, oh my God, is that me? Yes. Oh, I just, I just stopped the camera. Of course it's you. I just took the picture. And they're like, no. must- I'm like, no, no, you literally just watch me click the camera. That's you. Because we don't get to see ourselves in any other way than in a very two dimensional way, unless somebody who doesn't have a mastery of the technology does it for us, in which case we're getting skewed perfect perspectives of ourselves. So what I'm literally doing is giving them another lens to see themselves in and giving them the space to accept themselves in the space to exist in a moment free of judgment and to be vulnerable.
1: Yes, it, being vulnerable is very and, powerful, right? And right. be and trusting you is is very very powerful. How many of the women get very emotional throughout, or at the end? A and, lot, and,
2: and, yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot. There's a lot of times where we have to catch them, or I'll just have to say something real silly because makeup is is set and we don't want <laughs> tears. But it's at the reveals a lot when my clients will really cry when they come to pick up their art. So it's my goal to send every woman home with large pieces of art. I love albums. I think they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they make awesome gifts for your partner and awesome heirlooms for yourself. But my meaning and my mission is for you to have big pieces of art in you in your house. And that way, when you're having that bad day, when you're on your period and you're bloated and you're just not feeling your best, you can walk by and, again, have that different lens to see yourself through, having that perspective of seeing yourself in the state of power that you felt during your own self-love experience. Because part of that power comes from the commitment to do something for yourself.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, You know, with all of the women that I've trained throughout the years and competed and then trained women to be in fitness shows as well, one of the things I always said to them was, we need to take a before and after picture. Of course, nobody likes the before picture, but they love the after picture it may not, it's certainly not with your skills that I take the picture of them. Um, But it's emotional. The journey is always emotional. Uh, Not the same as yours, but similar in that it's a journey and that you're right. They took the step to come in to see you. They made the appointment. They spent the money. They spent the time to, to have this transformation with you because it was important to them. And I think so many women need to understand that don't, try not to be uncomfortable or shy about going for that photo shoot. You're not vain. Um, This is not about being selfish. This is about catching yourself at a moment of self-love of strength of power and choosing the right photographer, somebody like you. And by the way, I definitely need to do a photo shoot with you. Um, I'm definitely doing one with you (laughs) that um, women, this is so important for every woman. I've, I encourage everybody to do this. It's you don't any woman, any woman at any age. It's just so at any size, and it's just so important to capture that moment. You will not know how strong you are until you see yourself there, all in all the beauty, right?
2: I I agree a hundred percent, and even beyond that, because I didn't I didn't come on on this show with you to like to, to preach my business. And it's no, no, I know I need to talk about it. What I want to say is that like. Invest in yourself. If that investment is a personal trainer, do it. The commitment that you make to do something for yourself is where the real power comes from. I tell my clients the second they walk in the door, I'm like, hardest part is done. You showed up. Right. And one of my favorite authors, Seth Godin, um, who, I've, who I've just gotten into from a speaking coach that I've been working with, he talks a lot about shipping your work and showing up. And I think that the simple act of choosing to do something for yourself and then making the choice to show up to that commitment, because how often do we go online and buy you know, a hair styling Groupon or a this on or a that, and then we never show up for it. Right. It's a choice to commit to investing in yourself and then showing up for it whatever that commitment might be. That's step one.
1: I would love for you to share. um, And I know you're not here to promote your business. So I'm glad you said (laughs) that. And and I did not, you know, it just, but I love it. No, I'm honored. I I just want to make sure that you know that like this is my like reason. I I
2: want to be here to. No,
1: we didn't even talk about that. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about your award-winning inspirational speech. And it, it, it brought a lot of emotion to me, which is why you won this award. And one of the things that you talk about, I don't want to get, I'm like, it just brings up a lot of emotion for me. If, Mm -hmm. if, 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 can you please share, not going to ask you to repeat the whole speech, but can you share the speech with, with the audience?
2: Yeah. You know, so often in life, we, Want to commit to something, but then come up with excuses. You know, I would love to do the photo shoot if I lost 30 pounds first. I would love to do the photo shoot if my breasts weren't so saggy from breastfeeding these three kids, or if, you know, my gray roots weren't coming in, or my acne wasn't showing, or if this, or if that, or if this other, or if that other. There's a constant, I would do something if. That if is this teeny little word that is glaring, it is a big red sign that stops you from achieving what you want to achieve because you don't think that you're good enough or worthy enough or ready enough, you know? And so the concept for me is how do we move forward in life without those ifs? How do we get in the way of them instead of them getting in the way of us? How do I stop saying, well, if I lost weight, then I could do this? And instead, show up and do it despite my weight, despite you know my wrinkles or my gray lines or whatever it may be at the time. It's the choice to say, like, I'm good enough now. I'm good enough as I am. No ifs, ands, or buts about it.
1: Yeah, no, that's it's just beautiful. That's uh, again, we're gonna share that at the end of the show. Uh, the link to this because it is. Besides being completely inspiring, it is um, just something I want to share with everybody because I think every single woman or man thinks that they have to be something if they do something. And if we all wait for the ifs, and I know you and I have probably been in those if places, but instead we've chosen to take action. And the action might just be showing up, showing up for mm. a photo shoot, showing up with a trainer, showing up to for that race, showing up for whatever it is that is going to start changing something in your life. Because if we don't take action, nothing ever changes. And we could all wait for the ifs. I, I mean, the if, I never thought about that word so much until I listened to it 25,000 times. <laughs> And I just thought, you're so right that so many women wait, and that's probably why a lot of women haven't gone for photo shoots when I've said to them, please go and do this now.
2: Yeah, there's, you know, this is going to be something great. I know we're about to lead into break, and I'm really looking forward to kind of digging into this topic of all of the reasons, all of the ifs. There's so many ifs, and even just talking about them and pointing them out, it kind of makes it so that way they lose a little bit of their power. Yes. Because we're addressing them so I think that'll be something really cool to talk about when we when we pop back after break
1: yes well thank you very much for that that right now because we are going to take a break Lindsay Um, we'll be back in a few minutes uh, with Lindsay Ray
2: become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
0: voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jodi Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jodi Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success. Success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodiharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodiharrisonbauer.com. Now,
1: back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody. And thank you for joining us again with my guest, Lindsay Ray. We are talking about how to overcome negative body image, because we are talking to the body image activist, Lindsay Ray. So here we go, Lindsay. Um, We were talking before the break about all the ifs that everybody um, gets in their head with. And I want to just, let's let's talk about all the ifs that you've got.
2: You know, they go beyond
1: the body. Like, think about it. Yeah if
2: you had an opportunity for a job where you're like, I would totally go after that if, that's like like yesterday, for example, I was talking to my best friend and I saw the most amazing job for her. And her first excuse was like, I would do that if I lived there. And I'm like, girl, we just entered the digital generation, get rid of the if, just apply and see what happens. And it's it's that, it's that if I lost weight, if my breasts weren't saggy, if my boobs were bigger, if my butt was smaller, if my butt was bigger, if my legs were skinnier, if my legs were thicker. You know, there's a, a million different things we're always come up with an excuse as to I would only be good enough if I look like a Barbie, because if it comes down to it, think of it. Every single woman is trying to look like this figmented doll. Yeah. sad. Trying to look like a Barbie. JLo love her. She is my idol. She love is her
1: too. girl crush on for sure. the face of
2: the earth. Um, still trying to look like a Barbie, you know, and that's why it's so impossible to like ourselves because even the most perfectly beautiful women on earth don't think that they are unless they look like a doll.
1: I wonder why that is. Why do do you, yeah. Why do you think that is? Why is it that Barbie's been around since when? Like the thirties or the forties?
2: Yeah. I think it's men, honestly. Honestly, I think that there was this, um, design of women, in media. And when media first started to come out, it was predominantly male, mad men, the show mad men, right. job of digging into this. And if you look back at the, the pictures and the portraiture, it was all tight-laced corsets, nicked in waist, you know, um, cone-shaped breasts and curves with the hips and big blonde hair. And every ad looked the same way. True. These were men drawing up their figments of what they think women should look like. And then as women, we're having to fight What we actually look like the real anatomy of women to fit into this stigma of dolls and and these 1950s like cigarette ads, you know, and so we're constantly trying to face something that isn't reality. Now, there's Photoshop, but beyond Photoshop, you know, people are like, well, they don't Photoshop film, but what they do do for film is they have diffusion filters that they put over their lens. I know when I shoot my clients, sometimes I'll have three or four filters stacked on top of each other, creating different effects and different depths so I can blur one part and put sharpness on another. And all of that is because I understand the technology of it, but that's not reality
1: and you're also not trying to yes. make your take away from the beauty of that person you're shooting. You're just, you're just trying to pull out what you see. Which exactly. You see what, any- what I do
2: is I prove to every woman that they're a supermodel too. Yep. I take you through and guide you through the process just like you were about to be Ashley Graham on the cover of Marie Claire. We do the hair and the makeup and you get to go through this process so you understand that you are just like them. We are all just normal women. We are just regular people. But the reason why they look like how they do in these photos and in pictures is because of the process. So when you get to go through that process and see yourself on the other end of it, and you're like, oh damn, I'm a model too. You start to look at yourself different. You start to kind of push away those ifs. They're not there as much because now you see yourself in that same way. So you're not coming up with excuses. And that's why I think big art is so important. So when you're having those bad days, you can walk by that photo of yourself and say, There she is. I have one, I have my biggest one right outside my bedroom and and I'm bare, I'm bare chested in it with a sheer yellow dress over it. And you can see the shape of my tummy and it used to bother me. But the more that I've walked past it, the more that I see different parts of the photo and the more that now I, you know, look at it and see how great my boobs look or how awesome my shoulders look when I roll them back and then get that spot of light on it. And I can look at the different parts of my body and choose to shift my focus. So instead of looking at the bottom of my stomach, now I walk past that picture and I see something different. And that's the work. That's the work of self-confrontation. And that is why empowerment photography is such an important tool in this self-healing journey. You have such beautiful pictures of you. And I'm sure it's the same process. The first couple of times you may have looked at a photo, you may have been like, oh, I don't know. But the more time you spent with it and the more time you spent looking at yourself and the more time that you spent looking at the parts of the photos that you liked, that starts to become your view of
1: yourself. It it does. And I was just thinking about the photo shoot that I had in December to celebrate my 60th birthday. And he, um, I mean, we went from my hair down and they did my hair and makeup to like where I was comfortable to then pulling my hair back. Okay, taking away my security blanket, my hair. By the way, my hair was always this short. I always had a pixie cut up until my mid-40s. And um, so pulled my hair back, and then I wore a sheer bodysuit. And that's when I felt, Lindsay, that's when I felt the boldest and the most powerful. And then the last shot was naked pictures of me covering up, but showing a little bit. But it wasn't... And this is what women need to understand, that it's not about being sexy or sexual. This is about no. owning and loving the skin that you're in. So for me, turning 60, I needed to do that for me to embrace me. So I can look at those pictures when I'm 80 and say, you friggin' rock. Let's do another photo shoot at 80. You know what I mean? The same thing love that. that you're saying Because we need to catch those moments because we do feel insecure. We do lose our self-worth, no matter if you're a hot shit like you or people think that I have my crap together. um, We need to be reminded that we're kick-ass women. And it's not just about what we look like, but we see the power in ourselves and we see the power in other women. And we want to share that, that powerful moment with them and say, this this isn't just me. You can do this too. And you don't have to worry about the ifs. There are no what ifs there because you are doing it.
2: I love that. You know, I just watched again, my friend Lisa Powell Graham did an amazing Ted talk on how women will change the world and women will save the world. And I believe that. I think that there is so much power to be had in women because of our ability to have empathy The problem is, is that we have it for everyone but ourselves. So how do we begin to change that? What is the work? What is the step that we need to take? Not not the steps. I say the step. On my window to my studio, I have, um, it's a huge, huge window. And it says, you don't have to love yourself today. But today, you have to take one small step to what you're going to do to like yourself a little bit more tomorrow. And that's on my studio I want everyone that drives by my, you know, my downtown street to see that because it's not about steps. It's about one step and then a step and another step. That's the way that we get rid of these ifs. One itty bitty teeny tiny step at a time, you know, and sometimes that step is going to be for me choosing, you know, today I'm going to go in with, you know, no makeup on or today I'm going to do a live video and introduce myself and tell people what I do for work. Or whatever that tiny, tiny minuscule itty bitty step is, one a day adds up to a huge leap. A huge leap. Huge leap. So and, and I think the same with fitness. It's one step at a time. Absolutely. It's to show up for yourself. And then as Seth Godin says, it's the decision to ship the work. And for you, shipping the work would be your fitness competitions. For me, shipping the work is getting out and talking about it and getting to do these photos and actually putting my art out there. For another woman, it might be blogging her journey of, of motherhood. Or another woman, it might be talking about how to be a boss in an office that's primarily run by men. You know, whatever it is, that one, little step is what you have to take every day to get there, but it's only one step at a time or else overwhelmed and shut down.
1: And I think it's important to um, point out that I'm glad you talked about the little steps because so many people will view successful people as, wow, they're so successful. I can't get there, but you can with those little steps and maybe you need help getting there. And, but that's okay. Ask for the help or read a book or, you know, reach out to somebody because nobody got there by taking one friggin' big fat leap. They didn't get there, they took tiny little steps. And you mentioned earlier when we came back from the break about the ifs aren't just about body image and physicality. It has something, you know, it could be about the job or I talk a lot about relationships. Mm. A relationship. I'll, I'll leave this relationship. You're divorced. I'm divorced. Not mm-hmm. easy decisions, right? Um, it wasn't one big leap where we said, screw it. It was tiny little steps to get there. And I know for myself, I lacked a lot of confidence and had no self-worth when I did that. Yep. I mean, I had no self-worth whatsoever. It was below ground. But I knew I had to do it in order to get to that place where I felt worth worthwhile, you know? Yeah. And I want people to understand, women, especially, because I think we're specifically talking to the women here, um, that if you're not happy in a relationship, that take that one little step to get out of it and and move forward. Because you can one get- and
2: one step a day really means one step. It doesn't mean doing a huge thing. That step today could be looking up the names of four different lawyers. And yes. then the step could be calling one of them. Yes. The step could be emailing the other three. It's really about itty bitty steps, but it's about the choice that you make to do something for yourself. That's where power comes from as women. Power as women will always come from our choice for what we can do for ourselves. And I think that we could get into a big political conversation about about that sense of women's autonomy, um, which I think could be a really, really great topic for another day, Um, But it really does come down to choice, choices for my body, choices for my career, choices for my relationship, and not making those choices for other people. You know, the word selfish has such a negative connotation attached to it. And when somebody calls me selfish, I say, you know what, you guys, I own a business called Self-Love Experience. Yeah, I'm a little selfish and you should be too.
1: Yes.
2: All should be because being selfish is actually one of the least selfish things that you can do because like my favorite Michael Jackson song you know, if you're going to make a change in the world, the only way to do it is to start with the man in the mirror. Yes. If you're going to make a change. There's only one person that you can start with right there. Yourself. That's being selfish. That's, that's setting boundaries. That's taking the choice to, to, I, I don't like to say eliminate people because I don't think it's about eliminating people, but about, I, you know, I like to say like this figurative, energy force field around you and choosing who you let come into it because you'll never have a life where you can control what other people are doing what other people are saying about you
1: get rid of the people many haters right and get rid of the people and start to discard or move away from the people or the things that do not serve you anymore because we do have the permission to be selfish okay ladies did you hear that you say yes, it. permission to it, be right? selfish.
2: Yeah. And, and put up that energy force field. Again, like I, I'm I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not at the same time. Like I'm a very black and white thinker. I, I like science. I like math. Um, and so anything that doesn't fall into the realm of science or math sometimes can skip away from me a little bit. And that's funny to say as a creative, but for me, visualization work does have power in it. And that's because what visually what visualization work does for you is it gives your brain the subconscious ability to make decisions. So for me, I like to visualize an energy force field around me, like you see in the superhero movies or empowering. It's like a bu- yep. this little bubble around me that's protecting me because I'm never going to be able to stop people from doing what they're doing. They're going to be there and I'm going to see them because I'm a real person. And that's reality. And that's real life. And what I can choose is to say, that ain't getting past my energy force field. I'm watching you keep, you keep throwing those stones, honey. They're just going to bounce right back at you. And that, that energy force field, what that is in reality is boundaries. And what boundaries means is it's setting limits to how much you'll accept from someone else. And boundaries are also something that you should be respecting in other people. I talk about this a lot too, the um, capacity in female friendships, we like to dump on each other. And I call it emotionally vomiting. We liked at the end of a bad day, you know, I had a, cl- a very rough client that that laid really, really heavy, heavy stories on my shoulders. And I'm carrying the weight of her story plus my own story. Right. And I just had a bad day and I come home and I pour it all out on my friend without asking her about her day or how her day was or if she even had the emotional capacity. And it started to take a strain on my relationships with other women in my life and other men, but, but primarily with women. Mm-hmm. So one small actionable step that I love to preach about, and I think that this is the tiniest thing that you can do today to completely change your life and to completely change your relationships. And that's to begin to ask the people in your life if they have emotional capacity for you. It's as simple as saying, you know, hey, Sarah, I have had the crappiest day. Do you have the emotional capacity for me right now? Like I could really use a friend. 85% 85% of the time, Sarah is going to say yes. 15% of the time, she's going to come back and be like, you know what? I'm having a really hard day. Like, I really, you know, I'm here for you, but I got to get through this. Let me get through this and I'll call you tomorrow. This is how you can phase out the people that are meant to be in your life and who aren't meant to be because anyone that's meant to be in your life will always come back. That heads come back when you've respected their boundary. And if they don't,
1: goodbye. And let me tell you, the older you get, and I don't mean to throw age on that, and I love, love, love that advice, is the friends that we have in our life are so precious. I call it capacity, head capacity. No, you, you said capacity. I call it head space. Yeah. Sometimes I just can't handle, uh, uh, there's only so much space in my head to handle certain things, and something mm-hmm. might just throw me over the edge. Um, but i think it's so important i love that asking your friends if they do yes. have the capacity or the space for like a heavy dump a heavy emotional dump that day and not that we're doing it every day but i think that's important it's respectful of what their day has been like because you know asking first you know respect yes. you know think of it
2: yes. to, to give you a visual uh think of it like a measuring cup you know and let's say we're going with a, a you know, two cup measuring cup or whatever, you know, a fourth of that cup is, is one fourth of that is filled with work. One half of another half of that is filled with family. Another half of that is filled with romance. Another half of that is filled with this. Another half of that is that. And then when your friends come all of a sudden now we're pouring over and there's nothing left. There's no space. Yeah. You can't overflow someone's cup, especially if you love them especially if you care about them. And that's why having a really strong and solid support network is really important as a woman. It's really important for anybody. But as women, we need to be in tight, tight cahoots with each other. Because in those communities, you need to be able to know that if Sarah doesn't have the capacity, I can call Liz. If Liz doesn't have the capacity right now, I can call, you know, Jenny down the street. And because I have this really supportive network, I know that I'm always going to have a safe place to fall. And the way that I've curated this network is by respecting my friends' capacity and not dumping on them because lessons learned the very hard way I spent the first 32 years of my life just emotionally dumping on everyone without regard for what they had available for me.
1: Right. And I think I know a lot of people are going through a lot of things like that right now, Lindsay, post-pandemic. I guess we are post-pandemic, um, right? I think so. You think so? I think so. Um, who knows? We're what's getting to there. Come, but we're getting there, yes. And I think a lot of people have a lot of emotional dumping to do. And I think a lot of people are overwhelmed with a chaotic mm-hmm chaotic mind right now. And it's really important. I think also the one thing I wanted to mention was for the people who don't have anybody, maybe they haven't curated that group of friends. Do you have any advice for them? How, because I know I've been alone and I haven't had a friend to talk to. There have been many, many times in my life and I'm sure that's happened to you as well.
2: It has. It has. It has until...
1: I cure it until I created a
2: community. So there's two communities online that I absolutely love. One of them is my own. That's the self-love experience group. There's over seven thousand women in it. You can pretty much always go there for a pet boost or for someone that can relate to you and talk to you. And you can almost always find a friend in there. And then it's my good friend again, Sarah. I'm talking about her a whole bunch. <laughs> Sarah. She's she's just the best. Gotta she's meet the bedroom Sarah. boss. She's the bedroom boss. <laughs> she is the ultimate sex coach and relationship coach. And she has group where I go in some days and I, and I am a very sexually open person, but there are days where I like, even just thinking about it, you can see my cheeks turning red I blush, <laughs> but you yeah. can go there and get your questions answered. And I think that there's always groups. There's groups that I'm in that are um, just for my Myers-Briggs personality type ENTJ, where I, if I need a place to go to talk about why I'm struggling in a sense of communication with somebody who has a different personality type, I can go there. So there's ways that if you don't already have it, to find your friends online. Um, I never thought I, I always thought online friending was weird. And when it first started back in the AOL times and AIM and, and as you know, time progresses, the internet really is your friend, you know, you and I met online and we right. talked about time and my, one of my best friends, Jen, she is now, you know, the, one of my business managers and we met online. So use the internet, use it, use the tool, join my group, join, you know, join Jody's groups and and realize that there you're going to find the people out there that are going through the same thing as you, because as unique as we like to think that we are, we're all really similar in the things that we dislike the most about ourselves.
1: We really, we really, really are. Um, I wanted to mention a statistic that I, I came across while I was getting ready for the show. And that was 56% of women say they are dissatisfied with their bodies. And I also, I, I can't pull it up right now, but I also noticed that, that uh, another percentage, even higher than that, was a poll taken for women over 55.
2: Mm-hmm. and.
1: You would think that, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm 60, you would think, oh, those women over 55, they post-menopausal, what do they care about sex? What do they care about being overweight or underweight or sexy or curvy or anything? But hey, guys, you know what? The women over 55 still have feelings. We still mm-hmm. want to feel sexy, but I think so much of society forgets about them. Oh.
2: And you know why that is, though. There's an actual scientific reason behind that that I started to do the research on. And that's the history of self-esteem. And if we look back to the prehistoric times, we were trained, you know, think about the days when we were running from, you know, mountain lions and stuff and, and living out in nature. We were we were trained to look at ourselves for signs of danger, for signs, you know, looking at our reflection there for signs of or in the water for signs yes. of skin cancer signs of this. And back then. A woman would peak at fertility, and we didn't really live much beyond having children, and we were having children at 15, 16, 17 years old, right. and then we ended. So over all these years, the concept of fertility, we really, really, really dig deep, and we really try to pinpoint what it is that we're all striving for, and that's to look like we're fertile women.
1: Up, up. Absolutely. Everybody wants to look fertile. It's the reason women have implants. It's the reason want, women want bigger bigger butts and bigger boobs. It's the sign of fertility. And that's why I think I get shamed a lot for being mm-hmm. sexy and I'm 60 because-
2: Because our work doesn't end
1: anymore. We're not- Dinosaurs and that's what, and that's lions. my mission in life is to, you know, we need, we need to, we need to talk after this show about it. Yes. Yes.
2: Well, not that we're running from dinosaurs, but
1: it's the whole fertility and we're living longer. Yes. And it's like, Hey guys, you know what you can do. It be doesn't able. end. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. And that's part of, you know, what you're helping women understand, because I know that you're working with women of diverse shapes, sizes and ages, right? Mm -hmm. What are the women that you work with? How old are they? I
2: have clients that come in. One of my favorite blogs is from a client who um, is a grandmother of nine. I think she's 78, 79 years old. I have clients that are in their 80s. And she wrote this amazing blog about never give away all your secrets at once and how she like (laughs) with all these years until she was older to do it because that was when she could show up you know, like, like you say, Jodi, fearlessly authentic for herself. And it took her all those years. And I love that she did because she deserved that. And she has beautiful pieces of art of herself on her walls, which I just love. I love that. I remember it. And then her kids can remember it and their kids can. And it's
1: a cycle. I love that. Well, we are running out of time. I just realized that we are running out of time. And I, I need to ask you this before the show is over. Two questions. One is what does living a fearlessly authentic life mean to you?
2: So living a fearlessly authentic life means to me showing up for yourself in face of fear. The one line I say to my daughter every single day, she's eight years old, is being brave means that you're scared, but you do it anyway. So living fearlessly authentic means that you live your life in the face of fear and that you do things even when you're afraid of them, because that's what makes you brave.
1: Beautiful. I love that. And how can everybody reach you, Lindsay, because you have been so inspiring and beautiful and wonderful. And I just adore you. Oh,
2: thank you. Um, The best place to find me right now is on Instagram at thebodyimageactivist.com or at selfloveexperience.com.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts and all your beauty and power from within. And we need to chat after the show. And just thank you for your time.
2: Thank you for having me. It was great.
1: Yes. And everybody, um, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Fearlessly Authentic. Please share with your friends and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week
0: to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.